0: Khalif Raymond from the 30. Flag is down, and Raymond has run out of bounds. Another flag comes in at the 32. There are six flags on the field. Monday, October 9. We're back. Canadian Thanksgiving. National internet wait, wait Whoa Whoa International Beer and Pizza Day, uh, that's not a bad one. I think I would like to participate in that this evening if I get the chance. But Canadian Thanksgiving, let's not bury the lead. Caleb, you had a big day yesterday of uh, Thanksgiving festivities, no?
1: Uh, you'd rather see it fall on the Monday. Uh, I'm not going to have much to say uh, as far as football goes. I was out working the field uh, at my grandpa's farm, reaping uh, what what he sowed. Uh, but no not a bad day good to see family get a get a big meal in so
0: so reaping what he sowed what is that like what
1: what's your sort of hourly activity rate over there well i mean we weren't doing much reaping yesterday we were just uh uh kind of end of season teardown but the guy is uh machine he's i don't know 80 something old uh, and he's growing potatoes corn uh other things like they it's it, he's got like a small it's a it's a small factory farm there it's pretty ridiculous
2: where's his where's his farm
1: uh southern
2: alberta okay. <laughs> you're trying to get a postal code okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean i've got we've got some land down there so it's us you know maybe we're neighbors
1: mm. maybe yeah
2: a little land <laughs> yes, talk I'll never know yeah it's it's a mystery he's not gonna give that up
0: man i would love to see you in the field just working on the teardown stuff a little bit like mcconaughey in inception when he's a farmer at the beginning maybe
1: pretty much or interstellar but
2: yeah Yeah, my bad
0: my bad heat airball oh for one owen canadian thanksgiving what's the procedures at your house
2: um well last year my parents weren't here so i didn't really have one but this year uh yeah we just had family over um my my grandma came over we had dinner we usually have steaks because um my family like my uh great my great grandparents and grandparents and like basically just generations back were cattle ranchers so they always had steaks. so i guess that's just like a family tradition and then my uncle and aunt came over for dessert it was good time Mm. good food just just watch a little football just great day all around
0: They do kind of shortchange you on the turkey aspect, though, especially if you're only getting... I mean, you're kind of American, so you could maybe squeeze an American Thanksgiving. But, I mean, stacking the turkey, like, within a two-month span, I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. I was thinking about that yesterday. There should be more space. Because you don't do it on Easter, no? Like, nobody does that.
2: No. What about you, Phil?
0: Well... We had a smaller Thanksgiving than usual. There was still some turkey involved, and I got to watch a lot of the games. I caught the soccer in the morning, and then I went to Katie's Thanksgiving on Saturday night, and her dad has some sort of, uh, like, one of these, he, like, jail broke a fire stick. I hope I'm not snitching here, but it has, like, all the channels in the world on it. It's, like, the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like, he's he just boots it up, and it has everything and i don't think it's like a flat rate i think he just figured out a way to do this again i hope i'm not snitching but i gotta like do you know anything about this like it seems like a calum type invention but i would love to be on
1: this no you already know i'm with the uh for a couple more days here so <laughs> I, i'm probably gonna have to look into uh something like that uh in short order <laughs> good answer good answer but yeah, I think everybody got to catch some of the football.
0: I mean, him we can fill him in. Adam isn't here, and I would actually like to begin with a statement because Adam did inform us that he wasn't going to be here. Owen, I don't know, maybe you want to shed some light on why he isn't here again after a Cowboys blowout loss. So far, if you're keeping track, three Cowboys wins, three Monday appearances, two Cowboy losses, two no-shows. So maybe if you want to shed some light while I pull up his uh,
2: statement. Well, I don't, I don't know if this is directly related to the Cowboys' loss because he informed us prior. So unless he was very, very concerned about the game, I'm not sure those two are related. Uh, but it is a little interesting, and I just say that because we, we had sort of discussed after the last podcast when we were going to be we we're going to be filming, sort of earlier on Monday. But he just went ahead and and, and sort of uh, organized a brunch for today. <laughs> so he's he's brunching at 10 a.m. Which I mean. I'm not a big brunch guy, so I don't know if that's sort of in the normal range. Maybe Caleb can help me out. But that seems early to me. I thought brunch was like a noon activity.
1: Early for brunch. And, and, you know, uh, whether or not he says he had the plans uh, before or after, I think if that game goes the other way and it's uh, 42-10 Cowboys, I think that reservation changes uh, and he finds his way onto the pod to to sound off, so... You know, we're not learning yeah. anything. So. <laughs> not news.
0: No, yeah. no breaking news. Uh, but here is his statement. Quote, demote the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy said it himself. We are what our record is, three and two. Still lots to figure out. Brock Purdy's a good quarterback, and I'd like to apologize for saying otherwise. The 49ers are the best football team I've ever watched. We are simply outclassed. This is 2017 Warriors of the NFL. Now, there's a couple legs to that. I'm okay with demoting Dallas because I said this to him yesterday and I know it's 42 to 10 and it's not everybody played bad and they got, like you said, they got outclassed, but if you're the Cowboys, you can't seriously tell me that you're going to bring back Dak on an extension next year and just try it again. Like at some point, the way you overcome a team like the 49ers is by having a great quarterback and I get it. They don't grow on the trees and teams are willing to give them up, but you can't just run it back again we've seen this over and over again at least that's where I'm at so I'm okay with the demotion but where do you land on
2: well I just think two elite teams don't play a 42 to 10 game it's not I mean that's more what you'd expect when an elite team faces like an unserious team almost so it's a bit I think just just based on that result alone uh, I don't think they can can remain an elite but I think just on sort of the Like if you break down the performance a little bit more, Dak did not look like an elite quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, the throws he made were just uncompetitive throws. Like they, he didn't really put it in a spot for his receivers to get it, and it looked like I know. I mean, I know Adams gonna, you know, he's he'll defend every year of Dak. I mean, I don't think he can do any wrong, but it did look a little bit more like uh, mistake prone twenty twenty two Dak. So I don't know if there's if he's really you know change that much so it's there's there's just too many question marks uh, with the team and and particularly with Dak and he's always been sort of my main issue with the team so I, I think it's certainly in order uh, for that they get demoted I
0: think this week they play the Chargers on Monday night which I'm not going to be seduced if they beat the Chargers they could beat them 60 to 0 or a 70 to 20 Dolphins score and I'm not falling for it and then bye and then Eagles and if they beat the Eagles I'm open to moving them up again. But until then, I don't want to think about it. That's three weeks away and I don't want to even consider it. But Kim, where do you land on
1: uh, Dallas and San Francisco? Yeah, it kind of makes you question the tier list. Looking at elite, uh, it seems like San Fran should be in a tier of their own. Uh, Like, I think significantly better than Buffalo, KC, Dallas, and Philadelphia. Uh, You know, to me, that team is on like I said a a platform of their own just head and shoulders above everybody else so we've said it every week on here they're easily the best team in the league it's
0: not even really that close and yesterday I, I wonder how much of that is having Dallas's number and just being motivated to Sunday night football everybody's going to be watching let's just Put it on the table because I know Vegas has their line against Cleveland this week at only San Francisco minus three. So clearly they think maybe they're due for a fallback. Which just to me, having watched them for the first five weeks, I just don't see it. But said to you, Owen, you can have them or you can have the field for a team to win the Super Bowl. There is a good argument to just take them. They've been that good through five weeks.
2: Yeah, I mean, last week you said like you suggested the idea that they could go seventeen to zero, and I think at this point. That's a real legitimate possibility. So, um, I mean, I, I I think that they should probably be the favorites to win the Super Bowl at this stage. Like the minus favorite, I, I should say. So, yeah, I, I would definitely take that if you offered that as a bet to me today.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, no, we can move down Dallas. If Adam wants him down, Owen and I both agree to take him down. Let's kick him back to the good zone, which is fine by me. Of um, those other teams in there, what movement would you want to see?
2: Well, I was just going to float the idea of uh, D- Detroit. I'm not. I'm not saying that we should, or that I'm necessarily in favor of it. But I know a, a win against the uh, lowly Carolina Panthers isn't the most compelling. Uh, but I think at this stage in the season, they they have a track record that sort of speaks for itself. So I just I just want to sort of introduce that. Uh, maybe put the idea in your guys' head to, to maybe chew on.
0: I don't hate it. That was a pretty impressive win yesterday. Like, no St. Brown, no Gibbs to put up those numbers against the Panthers. I know the Panthers are the worst team in the league, but I don't know. They're, they're fun, man. I wish I could cheer for that team. Like, I wish I was Tony. They're a lot of fun to watch and cheer for, and their offense is so dynamic. I would be hesitant, but I think they're probably at the highest mm-hmm. end of good. I think they would be like right next to Dallas for me. Like, I don't see much of a difference between those two. If they played, uh, that's like a three-point line either way, depending on who's home to me.
1: i probably agree with that. I think elite uh, is a big jump. My objective uh, for the Helmets is to see more distance between San Fran and everybody else. I think uh, Lions firmly in top end uh, of the good tier, but I don't know that they necessarily crack elite and, uh, you know, jump Dallas this week.
0: Yeah. Here's my thing. I I know they were the team of the week last week, but there's a Buffalo Bills cycle going on that's three games of elite football followed up by one game of unserious-ass football, and they do this all the time. It's just how it works. Once a month, they'll lay an egg, and I don't know that I can say that's elite. Elite, I expect a standard from your performances that are good, Every single week you're putting in good efforts. You're usually in the game. You don't lose by much San Francisco. I don't see getting blown out. I don't see them playing a game. That's just completely a mess. I mean, that's what they were. They, the only points they scored really in the fourth quarter, I get there in London, I get there's things going that way, but this is the same thing they did against the jets to me they're they're a good team i i hate to yo-yo them back and forth every single week but i just i won't be fooled next time that i see an elite performance because i know this isn't too far down the road next time that's where i'm
2: at with it but see i would cut them some slack because they're playing i mean they're playing at the jags home basically uh and it's a long flight with less time to prepare the jags had uh you know they were just basically chilling in London, figuring out how they were going to win this game for, you know, a week. So, and I mean, I, I, I understand. I mean, I watched, you know, the second half of the game. I understand that it wasn't, it was never really within reach particularly. But I think when the dust sort of settled, it was a relatively close game against a team that we deem to be frisky. Meaning, you know, that's a team that we believe can beat the odd elite or good team. Um, in the odd week. So so to me, that's sort of according to the script. Uh, and and I, I don't think it's grounds, at least according to my own criteria, to move the team down.
1: Yeah, I'll say that uh, I sniffed this one out uh, maybe two weeks ago. Oh, you know, the Jags will be situated in London uh, and the Bills will be traveling. So that is a factor. Uh, but to your point, Phil, you know, a, a true elite team has a high floor and a high ceiling. And I think uh, the thing with the bills is last week, we bumped them up to elite because we got to look at uh, what that ceiling is. Uh, but I tend to agree that the the floor, and that's not to say that elite teams have to be going 17 and 0 and win every game. Um, but they, they do show those moments of shakiness. And uh, I, from what I did see in the second half of this game, it was not close, uh, not as close uh, as the score would say. So, you know, as a function of their shaky floor and kind of the inconsistency issues, uh, to call them, you know, top end good on par with Dallas, with Detroit in that kind of grouping of teams, I think would be a-okay. I don't know that they've shown uh, enough consistency to to be in that elite, call it the 49ers tier.
2: I would agree. Um, but my one word of caution is if we're going to do this, I think we need to Sort of lengthen our memory because we can't have yes. short memory if they go, they go in next week and they win by you know thirty five points. So that's my one word of caution to hopefully if Adam listens to this too. So yeah,
0: yeah, I think that's a good way to put it because we can now. I know we've been moving around teams a lot, but now that we can get you know more of a resume on these teams, we can start to see patterns and we can plant them places. And they're playing the Giants this week Sunday night that game nobody's going to watch and they will win by approximately <laughs> 45 points so i'm okay to just like glue them to the good zone until they show me a prolonged period and if anything i think yep. kalem's right we got to think of this as san francisco is so far ahead of everybody else philadelphia's 5 and 0 they haven't shown me anything that says I don't like their performances. They have a high floor every week. I'm okay to keep them there. Kansas City's 4-1, and they're the reigning champions. I have some problems with their play, but certainly I like them more than the Bills. So I think if we leave it at those three teams, we've done a good job of establishing that there's one team better than everybody else and two teams that are, you know, we're in the Super Bowl last year and are still very high-level teams, but then there's teams below that because I don't know that you could say other teams match that level to me.
2: Sure, yeah.
0: Okay, I like that. Let's Agreed. do that.
2: Yeah, I think that's a very good take.
0: Love it. I'm all in on that. And think of this, as, if anything, as a Stefan Diggs-based emotion. I know.
2: I'm I'm sick and tired of his behavior. I really am. I mean, it's excluding the offseason stuff, which was just frankly ridiculous, the complaining and the social media antics, um, the cryptic posts. I'm just sick of it. It's like seems like every game when things don't really go his way, he's throwing an iPad or he's throwing a helmet or he's screaming at his coaches. It's, I mean, I'm just, I could not be more out on him because uh, you know, he's got one of the better situations in the NFL as far as his role and and the quarterback he's receiving passes from and the system he's got going. So um, I just like to see more composure from the guy. It really, I mean, I, I understand having a blow up every now and then when the frustration get the best of you, but when it's a sort of, every other week thing, it starts to, you start to look like a little bit of a petulant child, which I'm really not on board with. So um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he could figure that out. Cause I'm totally out on his antics. Uh, you know, in fairness to to Stefan, I
1: think he's probably, you know, looking at, at that game and okay, we're, we're about to lose to the drag wars and he's thinking ahead and, and he's, you know, listened to enough of this mm-hmm. uh, to know kind of uh, our take. And he's thinking, you know, if we don't finish this off, we're dropping into the good tier. And he wants to stay in the elite tier. I, you know, he cares about what we have to say. Yeah. So I understand the frustration, but I think you make some good points as well. So.
2: I do. I do. In that regard, I definitely understand it. I just wish he could handle it better. That's my only concern.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, both of
0: our demotions this week, maybe that's why Michael Parsons tried to spin a 42 to 10 loss against the team that they've never beat as this is actually a blessing. And it was our bad because we didn't play well and they didn't play great. So maybe that is kind of the way that, uh, the teams view things because they don't want to be moved down, but I don't see any other choice. And I'm with you on this Stefan Diggs thing. Like if you just saw the footage of him throwing the helmet and, and doing that, like tweaking face, um, You would think he had, like, two catches, 40 yards. No, he was at, like, seven for 130 and a touchdown, and he was still that upset. Like, maybe just relax a little bit. It's not, you know, every game's not the Super Bowl, and you're allowed to lose games to the Jags. They're still a good team. I'm with you. The antics are too much. He's just a big complainer. So I'm with you. Demotion for that alone. And I know that they also are now without White and Milano, and they'll get Von Miller back. So lots of TBDs there. In the good zone... One team did lose there, and that would be the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, interesting loss because I thought a lot of the talk today was about how bad Lamar is, but I just thought his receivers completely sold him down the river in that game. The Bateman drop in the end zone in the first half that would have made it 14 nothing. The drop by Aguilar that would have put the game way out of reach because if you go up two touchdowns on Kenny Pickett it's just over he's not coming back same thing with Mac Jones you get up 14 nothing it's like a skunk it's just done so I thought I know he didn't play his best game but for whatever reason and Kale, maybe you can vouch for this the Steelers just have his number I mean they're what is he one and five against them now
1: couldn't give you that stat but I know that uh, the Steelers love the you know they're kind of divisional dogs and they always uh, seem to perform well against the divisional opponents especially at home uh, I don't really think that this loss changes my opinions of the Ravens uh as a good team. We've seen them, you know, go to work against bad de or, excuse me, against good defenses in the past. Uh this was not their week. Tomlin came to play. Uh I think, you know, I- I'm still fine with the Ravens as a-, a solid team. It was a down week, but they'll be
2: okay. Yeah. It was a down week and it was a week that could have gone very differently if Lamar doesn't throw an end zone interception or you know, if, if Aguilar catches that ball. So it, it was kind of, the score is a bit deceiving in that way because it easily could have been, you know, 21 to and final or 21-7 to seven final or, yeah, 21-3 to three even. So just a few unfortunate bounces for the Ravens, honestly. Yeah,
0: I'm completely with you there. I don't see any reason to demote. And I know Miami won the game and I kind of like this whole, I mean, A-chain, A-chan is just... I mean, he looks, like, he looks like he's floating when he has the ball. He's so much faster than everybody. He's such a game changer. Like, I just hope he stays healthy because, holy cow, that offense is lights out. Tua did have his shaky moments in that game, but he's...
2: Yeah, he ran a 4-3-2. That's crazy. <laughs>
0: like, why doesn't another team take him? Like, what? how does he get to Miami? That's just, they get everybody who's fast, I guess. It doesn't make sense. And they get Chase Claypool. So, there's a big physical down the field target who I cannot believe teams still trade for Chase Claypool. that is shocking to me. Did he catch anything? No, he didn't play a little inactive oh, he didn't play. i I get the feeling that won't be his last inactive this season.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I don't know. I think people that are are betting on him are just assuming it's the Bears and it's not him but. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't I don't I don't really think that's <laughs> the case to be fair I don't think that's the case I think it's like
1: the classic uh like you look at those Ravens teams and they always put a backup behind Lamar who's kind of that similar uh style of player quick mobile guy uh, I think the Dolphins are doing the same thing they saw an opportunity to get a, a guy who does have top end speed uh for a low price and you know God forbid the Dolphins should uh, suffer an injury and they need to plug in a A fast guy i think that's you know the role that claypool is playing it's it's a questionable trade i obviously you know don't support it um but i think the dolphins uh have you know a license to to do whatever they want right now crush the giants very solid good team uh i'm happy with with the dolphins and where they're at
0: yeah me too i thought when i thought you were going with that was uh When you said backup for Lamar, I thought you were saying like for like backup with Robbie Chosen Anderson. I thought that's what you were saying because that's like a (laughs) seamless match. But I guess, yeah, yeah. that's maybe where they're thinking too.
2: So I like it. I just want to say nothing fires me up more than seeing a late touchdown to Chosen (laughs) at the, the end of a red zone window, just seeing cutting to the Dolphins game and they're up 40 and just seeing Chosen just blazing down the sideline with the ball in his hand.
0: You know, a the, studio gate col- chosen would not be the worst idea.
1: <laughs> the the Claypool comp is kind of perfect. I mean, both of those guys have, uh, you know, we talked about Stefan Diggs uh, being a bit of a diva, but at least he, he puts up the stats. There's nobody with, with a worse ratio of, you know, diva to output than probably Claypool and chosen it feels like year in year out you're like hearing all this stuff and they get all this media attention but they actually stink like they do nothing uh, on the field so uh very similar in that way
0: yeah i gotta say while we quickly while we're in the good zone odell beckham i i think it's just time for dancing with the stars dude i don't i don't think you should be on the field anymore but they said joey porter said to him like time to go spend some time with your family after the interception now I don't know. That could be a ball sacking because like what's the source? The turf, the pylon. But to me, it kind of fits because he is I mean, he left the game again. I I just don't know why he he's not gonna get another contract after this, I don't think. He's got nothing left.
2: Maybe the Titans will give him one. Yeah, that seems like but a good place for him. Certainly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They'd love to. Julio Jones, Hopkins, Odell Beckham. He fits down the line of the last couple of years. Respect. Good take. Uh, down in the frisk zone, I don't know, some interesting action this week. Obviously, the Packers haven't played yet for when we're recording this, and the Buccaneers and Browns are on bye. So when you look at those other ones, I don't know, pretty frisky performances all throughout, I'd say. I'm not too uh, dissatisfied with any of them or too enchanted by any of them. Is there anything you thought interesting out of those three, Caleb?
1: Pretty happy yeah, with no, the we... frisk zone. I think, like looking back at the definition, you got to be a team with uh playoff chances uh and it you know kind of uh to take it back to our bills talk a frisky team doesn't really need the high floor but they need the ceiling Uh, and i think we've we've seen some ceiling from all those teams uh i don't identify movers which i think is a a credit to us yeah Yeah.
2: we got them pegged that's exactly where i would have every single one of those teams
0: yeah i'm with you and shout out to you guys for not letting me letting me move up the commanders last week. That was a great shout by you guys. You guys really put the foot down, and uh, they are correctly pegged in the unserious zone, I would say. But, you know, I think the Rams, they probably have the highest ceiling out of those teams, to be honest with you, because when they spread it out, and they've got Cup, as LeBron would say, Puka Doncic, and Tutu Atwell, <laughs> that's a pretty nasty three and my boy Puka is just he's Eleven always open this guy he's unbelievable like I, I saw I heard somebody on Thursday last week talking about uh how they were gonna have cup in the cup role obviously Puka was gonna do the Robert Woods job from a few years back and then they were gonna have Atwell as the Brandon Cooks and I was like that's a great way to put it like they're kind of back and Stafford gets the chance to deal I'm all in on the Rams. I could see them getting to the good zone. I know their defense is kind of bad, but I mean, holding the Eagles to two touchdowns is not bad. So I kind of like them the most, honestly.
2: I do too. I do too. I think they're a wild card team, probably. Yeah. Uh, On that game though, I I used to not be a believer in banning the shove, but I'm all in on the ban. It's the most boring thing ever because whenever you get in short yard, if you've been fourth and one, fourth and two you might as well just give them the the first down because it's it's automatic. It's like it's needs to be gone at like as soon as humanly possible. I, I don't know. That feels like a
1: very woke take. I mean, <laughs> don't let them get to short. Don't let them get to short yardage. If you don't want to get shoved on, uh, you know, I think anyone could do it. It's strange. To, like you, you still see no teams like the Steelers line up in shotgun on fourth and one. So, but not Uh, not every team can
2: do it though we've seen so then
1: what are we banning we're banning we're banning the play because the eagles are too good at it yeah okay yeah that's reasonable (laughs) i my thing
0: is if we ban this and i i'm you know i'm open to it i hate the play like when it gets when they did it on fourth and two that's what really put me over the edge because i was mad the first time they did it on fourth (laughs) and one but when they did it on fourth and two i was like okay we're not we're not just giving you two yard runs now on this play, but if you do ban it, like what's the terms you're banning it by? Because then can you grab a guy and push him into the end zone? Probably not. Like you have to come up with a set of rules that eliminates pushing forward. Like, cause otherwise how would you even go about banning it? What do you say? You can't put two guys behind a guy and push them
2: forward. I mean, I don't know how, how much that would affect other aspects of the game. Really? Like how many times is like a receiver getting pushed into the end zone or running
0: back yeah i mean it you see it maybe once a week but usually it's not a couple guys throwing them in so i guess maybe that is the right way to do it two guys can't push a guy in but my thing is when they say on the broadcast it's like oh if you don't want to if you don't want this play outlawed like you got to get a quarterback who can squat 500 pounds it's like i don't think the squatting has much to do with it dude he kind of like goes into the air so the guys can push him forward like i just don't understand how the announcers think that's like the sick brag and i get it the giants ran the play and like the tight end like broke his leg like they they, but that's the giants i mean (laughs) what are we expecting here i'd like to see like the lions try to do it or somebody competent that uh i bet they could pick it up pretty quick i don't think it's much to do with the squat i don't know i'm not the gym how much do you think jared doff can squat i could see him 200 pounds
2: It's a pretty thin guy.
0: He is thin, but I could see him, you know, two plates aside pretty easily.
2: Okay. He's like got to be one of the skinniest QBs. Yeah, true.
0: Hmm, It's a good question. I wonder who could do the least. Probably Kenny Pickett (laughs) because he's just kind of feminine back there. But, you know, we can save that for later. Anyway, uh, I'm good with the frisk. Happy with everything there. That looks very good. Unserious zone. Lots to pick through because this is our heaviest division. Anybody you merit moving up out of there, Owen?
2: Mm, the Saints. The Saints, you what could the make, no, make no. the case. No, Um, But I, I would say that's more uh, a situation where their opponent needs to move the other way, so I, I wouldn't move them. No, I think you need to see more from the Bengals. They beat up on a another unserious team, so no. I would say as of this week, there's nobody that needs to be going up. What about okay, I'll disagree on that,
1: and say that you know last week on the Bengals we did the uh, the two tier downwards jump, and we acknowledged the fact that we can see a higher ceiling uh, and and some untapped potential for that team. They started to show signs of life, uh, in in an effort to avoid two tier jumps. Uh, and, you know, use the data we have and minimize, you know, future moves. I think uh, a Bengals move to Frisky uh, is probably a step in the direction of, uh, you know, where they might be headed. So uh, I would support Bengals up. I mean, Jamar Chase back in a big way today.
2: Yeah, legacy game.
0: Vintage game. The we, it all it took was Owen dumping him in fantasy for Mr. Pfizer. Um, I think <laughs> here's the thing with the Bengals. And this is a little bit about the Cardinals, so just bear with me here. But I think the Cardinals, we know what they are. I think we have a good read on the Cardinals. They're organized. They're pretty well coached. Credit to that guy. Fireworks, shoo-shoo. They're not like a bad team, but they don't really have high-end talent. So when they run into high-end talent, it's bug-meat windshield. But they'll beat a team that's at their level who doesn't have high-end talent. Like they would take out... You know, the Bears or the Panthers or the Giants or the Raiders. I know they lost the Giants, but you get my point. The Bengals, however, I feel that is an advantageous matchup for them because they can just rely on their high-end talent. But this week, I propose that we lock in and focus on the Bengals-Seahawks game because if the Bengals win that game, I'm willing to grant them a frisk Mm -hmm. zone upgrade, and I'm willing to put the Seahawks back down because I don't see them matching Buffalo or any of those teams in there. But... Until then, I'm not sold on this win against the Cardinals. And I know I'm playing both sides of the fence by saying I like the Cardinals, but then I don't credit wins against them. But I think I have the Cardinals read pretty well. That's what I think. So I think they should stay.
2: Well, I agree. I think we're in a tough spot. Like you can either sort of make the preemptive jump, assuming that this is the start of some sort of trend uh, or, or like actual market improvement. Or you can say, you know what, it's a one-off. Prove it to me again. And so we're in a we are in a tough spot. Uh, I'm personally, I'm okay uh, with waiting the week just because I I, I'm I'm out on yo-yoing teams. So I would, you know, like another week just to be sure if what we're seeing is is really, uh, you know, what the team is, or or if this week was just uh, sort of maybe a desperation performance against a worse much worse team
0: yeah and the other thing to factor in is the Seahawks sacked the Giants 11 times on Monday I know the Giants have like the worst like they have an Edmonton Elks offensive line but the thing is they'll be able to get to Burrow theoretically and Burrow the thing is he can't move like you saw it in that Cardinals game he's a stationary quarterback so if they can get home I like the Seahawks chances in that game that's why I'm a little bit more willing to, to
1: wait it out a week I'm okay with it. I have two thoughts. You know, looking at the rest of the unserious division, I guess we don't know what's going to go with the Patriots. But, like, your Vikings, your Saints, your Falcons, if the Bengals are up against any of those teams, I am taking the Bengals. I'm laying some points as well. And then I think, you know, even the thought of, okay, let's see what happens against the Seahawks because, you know, that could be an important game. We could see really what the Bengals are made of you're talking about a good tier team playing an unserious tier team, you know, any other week, if it's Lions, Titans, or if it's, uh, you know, Ravens, Saints, I'm not tuned into that game to say, oh, what's going to happen? So I think just, yeah. just as a function of us saying, you know, let's let's keep our eyes on that game. I think it's, you know, the uh, uh, I think it's proof that we're all aware that the Bengals do have a a ceiling and some potential that they haven't shown up until you know maybe some flashes today. So I still believe that you know the Bengals are sitting next to a lot of teams that they don't belong with, uh, and I think they're at l- certainly more comparable uh, to to the rest of the teams in the Frisky Division, like a Jaguars. But uh, I might yes. be alone.
2: Okay. No, no, no. I I I do agree with you.
1: All right, I agree with you too. I think
0: you nailed that. I think. You know, on one hand, you could say they lost a lot to the Browns who are in the frisk zone, but they also beat the Rams in the frisk zone. So I see the parallels there. And I I know they lost big to Tennessee. That's kind of what the one that sticks in my brain is like, how do you lose big to Tennessee? But I agree with you. They do match the frisk zone. So I'm okay with that. All in all, that's fine. I hate to promote after a Cardinals win, but we can stick to that now because if they beat Seattle, I don't feel the need to move them up. If... That's what happens. But, you know, again, statement win possibility as always. The team I actually was most happy with a potential move up was the Colts. But now that Richardson's out, I uh, I have a little bit more questions. Not that I think Minshew's bad, but I think your ceiling with Richardson is much, much higher. They're just a very well-coached team that I think has shown honestly, a pretty impressive start to the season. So I do want to reward them for that, but it looks like Richardson's out six weeks, so I can't really say that they're matching those teams. But I'm not against a promotion, not to be another middleman here, but where do you land on that, Owen?
2: I am against a promotion, but I I agree with you. I I think there's lots to be happy about if you're a Colts fan, and I don't think that you can write off their sort of, I mean, they would need a lot of things to go right to be competitive in this division, but I don't think they're out of the picture. So that's certainly a positive. Well, I guess if it's, yeah, if it's legitimately a six week injury, uh, then
1: you probably keep them where they are. But I'm uh, a little weary of that, just because I think every week of the first five weeks, I've heard, Oh, Colts played well, but Richardson's out. Like, I <laughs> I think every single one of their games has been punctuated with a Richardson injury, so I don't know. It sounds like it's a serious, I think, shoulder injury. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if a, a win over the Titans is enough to to move up. I think the Colts are probably a high-end, unserious team, but uh, especially with a downgrade at quarterback uh, for, you know, six weeks, third of the season, they are uh, where they should be.
2: I'll also note that I I think a lot less highly of the Titans and I know Phil maybe does. And no, I'm with, like Caleb, I'm with but, you. I'm with uh, you.
0: I I've yeah. seen the light. They, like I said last week, they're they're an old school bully. If they get up by ten, they look really good. Like they'll kill the clock out on you. They'll run the ball. If they're down by three, it's just over. Like the Colts scored first, and I was like, oh, they're not coming back. Like it's just done. Moss took it into the end zone. They don't have good. the. They don't have the capabilities for that so i'm with you they're, they're textbook
1: on serious really to me okay. you know the titans are kind of the uh, anti-cardinals and you know phil you said the cardinals beat teams that are at or below their level and they lose to teams better than them are more talented anyway and in that way they're uh kind of easier to predict and and you know what what you might get whereas the titans uh seem to do almost the exact opposite they like lose or even get blown out in the games that you would expect them to be really competitive. Uh, and then they smack teams uh, when you think that, you know, they might be in danger that week. So I got no read on the Titans. That's uh, the hallmark of non-serious team. Uh, they are where they belong.
0: Yes, I'm with you there. And what, same thing for Washington. You can't lose by 20 to the Bears. You can't let Justin Fields provide sparks again because Lord knows it takes like, a whisper of a spark to ignite my love flame for Justin Fields again, but I'm not falling for it this time. I will not let myself get suckered in by a win against the commanders on Thursday night football, the Vikings one in four, but unserious because they're still in that game. Like I get, you know, sedge and everybody says, Oh, we're a poverty team. They're just not a poverty team. They're just, classic Vikings on serious they'll go 6 and 11 and that's going to be that like they'll just enjoy picking a tackle again and they're not going to be high enough to pick a quarterback oh and you said the Saints I think that's way more a product of the Patriots I think the Patriots are absolute poverty and you got to wonder yeah and it's you know this brings me no joy saying this even though I smile the whole way through you got to wonder about Bill maybe getting the sack you really got to wonder
2: yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's it's the main concern that I have with Bill Belichick isn't even that the team is poorly coached, which it seems to be. I would say it's that he's constructed a practice squad roster. Yes. Uh, outside of the two guys, Judon and Gonzalez, that are hurt, and maybe a couple other guys that are missing, this is a, I mean, a, a team comprised of people that wouldn't start on 31 other teams in the National Football League. And so he is not only failed as a GM by also wasting, um, you know, the last two years because he drafted a quarterback that's clearly not cut out to play in the NFL, but he surrounded him with some of the worst weapons in the league, and he's coached this group of below-average weapons to uh, just an absolutely abysmal performance thus far this year. So um, he's in the run running for worst coached, maybe worst coach this year. Yeah,
0: I'd uh, see. all things considered. I mean, I saw Cowherd said this yesterday. I thought it was a good point, which is rare these days. Um, He said Andy Reid got personnel in Philadelphia, and he went like 3-14, and and he got fired. And Andy Reid's the best coach in the league. Like, at a certain point, you just got to realize this is not, you know, one man is not capable of doing both jobs no matter who they are. I mean, in any sport, you can't have a coach and GM as the same thing. The fact he thinks he can have such a heavy hand in the personnel, I mean... Look at their receivers, and I, I'm not a Mac Jones guy, but nobody could succeed with this. Like, do you think Mahomes takes this Patriots team to the playoffs?
2: Yeah, what about I do? I do. I just think that highly of Mahomes, though. What about Allen? I mean, I think it's a little dicey. I would say probably not.
0: Like, the, that's what we're talking about. There's not a lot of margin for error here with anybody on this team. Like you say, it's just a practice squad. Team.
2: Yeah. I would also say, too, on that point, I think his coaching staff is just as unserious as it gets as well. I mean, we saw the stuff with Matt Patricia last year, but he's got, like, two two or three family members on his staff. Um, and he's just, I mean, it's he's ran it like a cartel for a decade. Uh, and he's ran the team with impunity, knowing that he has the greatest quarterback of all time to bail him out of any poor roster construction decisions. And I think now uh, these poor decisions are coming due because he doesn't have Tom Brady and he doesn't have uh, he realized realizing now he doesn't have the infrastructure that could make Mac Jones succeed, nor does he have the coaching staff that can minimize, uh, the weaknesses of the roster that he constructed. So, uh, yeah, he's paying, paying the price at this point for years of bad decisions. I think that's, that's the the game you play, uh, when you take on,
1: you know, the GM and the coach role Yeah, is there's really nowhere to point the finger, uh, and it pains me to say that because I, I am a Bill Belichick guy. I love Bill Belichick. Uh, I think he's sick. He is like my Mike Leach. Uh, he is just the <laughs> the guy I think of when I think of a coach that I love. Uh, but yeah, this year has been brutal. I mean, to lose to the saints by 34 points at home. Uh, and you know, they hung in with the Jets, and then the rest of the credit we tried to give them was, oh, they, you know, didn't lose ugly against these high-end teams. Uh, I think the Patriots are poverty um, until, you know, proven unserious. I don't think they're necessarily locked there. I'm trying to get a look at who they have next week. Uh, the Raiders, so that's, you know, an opportunity to at least
2: uh, preserve a little bit of self-respect. But I think the the Patriots are a poverty team. They Do you think... Do you think Mac Jones is salvageable, or do you think his confidence at this point is just is shot? Well, I've I, like I know Patriots fans are
1: turning on him; they don't believe in him. Uh, so I guess I'll, you know, more or less take their word for it. But I think that uh, ultimately, I'm a person who, who assigns less value uh, to the quarterback position than everybody else seems to. Uh, so I don't think Mac is bad enough that you couldn't build, you know, a wild card team around him, uh, especially because you know he's not going to command a ton of uh, salary cap. So I don't know that I can hang the blame squarely on anybody uh, except for probably Bill Belichick uh, because you know ultimately uh, he's calling all the shots. So I don't know if it's a Mac Jones issue. It seems like a roster issue. Uh, like you know, if you put if you put Gabe Davis on that offense, he's the best player by head and shoulders above. Yeah. Like by far. Uh, and that's indicative of a team that, you know, is a little light, uh, in the talent department. So I say send him down. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, if, if Bill Belichick does either resign or, or get fired, do you think he coaches for another team in the NFL?
1: Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think he would, uh, But I think it would be kind of a a Sean Payton situation where it's like, you know, the best is behind you. It's going to be hard. You don't necessarily have the legs to institute uh, organizational change and, you know, really build a culture somewhere. I don't know, you know, Mm -hmm. if you have that left in the tank. So uh, I always think that these guys should retire early, retire on top. Like Look at OBJ. You know, he could have gone out and had the Super Bowl in his last game, uh, but they just love to, to die slowly and die ugly. So... I'm sure he would find a job somewhere else, but uh, I think we've seen the best of Bill Belichick probably.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the type of team that would hire him would be a desperate ass team. So it wouldn't be a good situation that he's walking into. And I look at him and honestly, I I remember watching, I think I've said this on this show before, but his football life documentary, he says, I'm not going to be 70 and, and on a sideline. And he, what is he 71, 72 years old and he's still coaching. So To me, the thing about it is I see the picture of him on like the Sunday Night Football pregame show speaking to the media postgame. And I mean, he always looks kind of like borderline homeless, but he looked like depressed, homeless, and the stat next to him said outscored 72-3 to in his last two games. I thought like, wow, I think if I could go in his brain, I bet he thinks, one, I wish I didn't alienate the greatest quarterback of all time. Two, I wish I retired three years ago. And he's such like an egomaniac to me. I could see him being like, no, it's not my fault. Like, I'll just go somewhere with a better situation and win. And the thing is, you could say Brady leaving opens the door to that. But I don't really think anything Brady did has any effect on him. Like, I, you could make that argument. But I don't think that he thinks because Brady left, I can leave too. I mean, he's coached other places before, so... I think he takes another job if he ends up out of one at the end
2: of this year, which it looks likely. People forget too. He broke up with his longtime girlfriend. So this is all he's got.
0: Yeah. The, the single life. So yeah, don't send him to a city where the uh, sun is shining. Maybe, <laughs> maybe for the betterment of everybody, that should not happen. But anyway, down they go. I'm happy with that. Anybody else in there that jumps out to you? To me, it looks good. I'm happy
2: with, uh, with how this has played out. Me too. Who do you think is the worst team in that division in poverty? Carolina. Yeah, I would say Carolina or Denver.
0: Carolina, Denver, Giants are my bottom three, with Bears and the Giants are, are fighting it out, dueling banjo style for the third spot.
1: Yeah. Do I have to be the one to suggest this? or?
0: Well, <laughs> it's the elephant in the room. I almost brought it up first. Here's the thing, though. Do we stick to our guns? I know they're three and two, but they still employ that guy.
1: Here's what I'll say: They do still employ that guy, and that's an issue. Last week, uh, they got walked by the Texans, and we moved the Steelers down to poverty. Uh, and I was, you know, it was a low point for me, obviously. And then this week, we, I think, more than anything, we're reminded of what the Steelers were, uh, and they're a team that delivers the opposite result uh, that you expect and i think you know we talked about it with the titans they lose games that you think they have a good shot to win and they win games that you think they're you know destined to lose and i think that's you know uh, what we're seeing out of the titans but i think that's what we've seen uh, out of the steelers for the last you know x number of years finishing in and around the 500 mark um in that way i think they're unserious You know, they still don't, to me, have playoff uh, aspirations. They will not be a successful team. But uh, I think they meet that, you know, that unserious definition of they got a shot to win any game. uh, And it's really hard to pin them down. Whereas, you know, poverty, looking at it as the opposite end of elite, uh, we expect out of a poverty team to have a low ceiling and a low floor. uh, And I think... You know, the Steelers, get, there's too many variables. I think they're probably uh, closer to that unserious grouping. But obviously, there's some bias involved. So, Owen, I'd be interested to hear uh, your take.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if it were up to me, I, I was very mildly in favor of moving them down. In fact, that probably would not have been my first choice last week. So, I think given the result this week, I mean, they're certainly not a frisky team, meaning I don't think they have legitimate playoff chances. But... I do agree with you, Caleb, when you said, you know, they're an unserious team that will lose to the majority of teams they're supposed to lose to, but uh, they can, you know, get up for the odd divisional game and uh, surprise people. So I think they are almost textbook unserious to me.
0: I think they really are textbook unserious. But if I just told you they had zero rushing touchdowns and they had five offensive touchdowns through five weeks, you would say poverty. That's my only thing with it
2: yeah but 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 the, then you have to sort of include in that analysis the fact that they have if not a historical defense in, in, in top of the top elite defense this year so I think that to me sort of balances out to a an serious team fair point point. and that defense is
1: so good like week in week out I guess you know last week uh, against the Texans was a pretty ugly one but it seems to be you know, can the Steelers put together a drive? Can they put together a sequence (laughs) of four offensive gains? And that's legitimately all it takes. Like the, uh, you know, the, the keys to victory for the Steelers are like, you know, resemble a average college offense. uh, And then just let your defense do their thing. And you should be able to find a win uh, or at least cover, um, you know, if that's uh, what you're interested in. So, the offense sucks we know that but i looking at you know the browns and we have them all the way up in frisky and they're in you know a similar situation perhaps not as polarized uh, but i think the steelers are unserious and if i had to try and limit movement of helmets in future weeks i think they have a real shot to end the season as an unserious you know seven or eight win team so
0: yeah yeah let's do it let's put them up there i i did find it really funny that the uh, the Booth reaction, I don't know if you saw it, of Matt Canada after the go-ahead touchdown at the end of the game. He had no reaction, and they said it was because Kenny Pickett checked out of his play. That's why, that's why he wasn't happy about the touchdown. So it was a pretty great clip. I highly recommend somebody goes to check it out. The thing is, though, and I don't want to make this Steelers, like we talk about the Steelers 10 minutes every week, but I want to say Pickens is, to me, like one of the 10 most talented receivers in the league. He is the worst situation possible. And like somehow every week you leave very impressed by what he does. And he was like the best player on the field yesterday, not named TJ Watt, who's like in a league of his own defensively. But um, man, pretty impressive stuff from him yesterday and throughout the season. But other than that, I think that division looks great. If we've got it at Patriots, Raiders, Jets, Broncos, Giants, Bears, Panthers. I think those seven teams are almost Spider Manning each other. I don't see one as any better than those seven, to be honest with you. I would agree. Big win for your Jets yesterday, though. Now they
2: got Brees back. Yeah, Brees looked good. Uh, the, I like the this McLaughlin guy. Yeah, he's a talent. He was good. He had some juice. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the Jets looked looked okay. Second
0: straight week there,
2: Zach. <laughs> right. Zach
0: wasn't like terrible.
2: Well, I wouldn't say he was uh, good, to be fair. Fair. fair I mean, I, uh, most of the time, you know, it seemed a lot of the time they were getting the ball in really on the plus side of the field and it was, ended up being long field goals. But, uh, you know, he didn't, I think he, he avoided turnovers for the most part, which was good.
0: Yeah. He's maybe taken some steps, but the Broncos defense also gave up 70. So it's kind of hard to play it both ways. I did find it really funny that I don't know if you were listening to the broadcast, but he makes that throw on third down to, I mean, it looked like it was going to steal the game up and Matt Ryan's like, what Uh a professional. This guy's hung in there all day. He's gotten better the last two weeks and he hasn't made a mistake yet. And then I think his next pass, he threw right at Pat Sertan. Like it was literally the next pass. So good call by Matty Ice on the broadcast. My guy um but yeah no i like it and danny dimes going down with a neck injury i i hate to laugh but it's like when when he got hurt it was like oh my god they killed danny dimes like he has another neck injury the plumber predicted the last one that he was going to be out for the entire season but then today Dayball's like no he's playing on sunday night like he'll be out there so respect but yeah what a week in the poverty zone helmets looking good i think we've finally got a read on things i mean i don't like to yo-yo but i think Early in the season, it's okay. Like we still got to get a track on these teams. We still got to figure them out. So I like it. It all looks good. Owen, you had maybe the greatest fantasy performance of all time this week. Two hundred eleven points.
2: Yeah, I scored two hundred eleven points. I had uh, DJ Moore. I well, I did.
1: He traded him me. this week. Oh.
2: I traded him for for uh, for Kelsey, but I had uh, DJ Moore won me the week before before Sunday scored me like 57 points and then i had uh gabe davis etn like i just had a great performance all around and anthony richardson scored me only four so could have been a lot more i would have been a lot more if i hadn't traded jamar chase um and also would have been a lot more if anthony richardson didn't get hurt but uh, i was pretty happy it feels nice to win the week on thursday it really does i will uh i'll sound
1: off on on fantasy Uh, i'm all for the gamesmanship the interesting strategies famously i had an attempted fake tweet i like i went through the effort of like creating a Shafter fake tweet to say you know uh jonathan taylor out with food poisoning i sent it to him at like 6 12 because it was like i think the thursday night game to try and get him to just panic pull jt uh unfortunately he had enough time and and dexterity to keep him in he ended up scoring like 42 but a new strategy <laughs> i saw today i i couldn't tell you if it was like uh a Roman-based language. But uh, I saw screenshots. Luca uh, sent Jeff some sort of, like, gypsy curse situation, like some <laughs> weird language stuff against all his players. And Luca started the week against Fields and DJ Moore. So he was dead to rights uh, after Thursday. But he sent, you know, like I said, a weird kind of uh, black magic a curse. Curse Jefferson. Curse. Jefferson ended up hurting himself. Uh, and then Jeff's team was really kind of stymied on Sunday. Luca, conversely, uh, is projected to do 185 and has completely turned the tables uh, and now won the matchup. So, wow. you know, black magic is that is that the next big thing in fantasy football? Uh, it, it would seem that way. So,
0: some are saying I had a bit of a topsy turvy matchup where I was, I was. I think I had 5% going into Sunday and then I was up to 99% and now I'm back to 35%. We've just been trading blows back and forth, me and Tony. So I'm kind of, you know, fantasy has been a real frustrating gab for me the last two years. I obviously had the famous Denny's stint. Um, I don't know if I, if I end up at Denny's again this year, I might retire. Like I really, you can't go two years (laughs) in a row at the bottom. I mean, that's just pitiful.
2: Yeah, Tony was having an animated matchup. He texted me last night um, at probably 8 o'clock, and he said, why did you trade Jamal Chase? Hugh already had Tyree Kill. And I was like, are you playing Hugh? You know, Is he playing Hugh? And he was not playing Hugh. So he was just a couple of days after the trade, I think. I don't know if the news travels slow uh, to Michigan or if it was just a sort of – he was sort of heated about fantasy in general and wanted to sound off. But, um, <laughs> you know, one. I'm, one I'm thing sorry about- to
1: Tony. One thing on Tony uh, news may travel slow uh, to Michigan, but I'll tell you, cross border e transfers move slowly out of Michigan. Uh, Tony's owed me like forty seven bucks for the last like four or five months, uh, and oh, you know, my bank, like, dude, I got issues at the bank. All this stuff, I might have <laughs> to just let it go. But um, you know, maybe not a guy who you want to uh, lend money to, Tony Buka. Love
2: him, but uh, <laughs> get me my money. I
1: don't
2: know. Tony does too. On a somewhat unrelated note, he has, or I guess, still fantasy related. He has one of the best strategies of all time because, you know, he'll be like, "Okay, let's let's make a trade," and he'll be like, "Okay, let me give you, you know, whoever it is. Like, I'll give you, I'll give you Gabe Davis, but you got to give me back this guy." He'll be like, "Hmm, no, like I won't do it because it makes your team better. I don't want to make your team better." So he's committed to the, I guess, negative sum. What would that be? Win lose. That be yeah. That be zero sum, right? one team loses the other guy wins yeah so he's committed to the zero-sum trade he'll never do a trade that makes his other team that makes uh his his trading partner better so i i really respect the competitiveness there
0: well two things about fantasy tony um the first thing is this week i woke up and i checked fantasy it said pending transaction so i clicked it and tony was trading jalen waddle for hollywood brown and i was like hmm This doesn't really make a lot of sense. So I took it to the chat, and I was like, Tony, like, why are you doing this trade? And Hugh, who's been on this show before, worst commissioner of all time, is like, if it gets accepted, I'm I'm pressing process trade. So he puts the trade through. Tony then wakes up. We get this message at 2.58 at a.m. That was on my screen when I saw my screen. I thought I accepted his trade, Waddle, for Ridley. So he just thought he accepted a completely different trade, and thought that he was getting Ridley somehow instead of Hollywood Brown. Now, Hollywood Brown still had more points than Waddle, so the trade worked out for him this week. But, I mean, kind of a wild move. And the second thing is, Hugh was pumping his tires in chat, and then Tony came in and said, love you, Hugh, let's make a trade soon. Which I like that, in Tony's mind, (laughs) making a trade is like strengthening a friendship it's like we're going to go through this negotiation together and i'm going to show my love for you by processing a trade with you even though we don't need to do it that's what i love about fantasy tony
2: yeah tony owes me one too on the record because i he was i had him dead to rights he doesn't owe me in the the monetary sense he owes me in the in the (laughs) i need a kickback here because he I, i he was dead to rights uh for denny's last year And I I totally, I bailed him out by giving him Derrick Henry for Kyler Murray at the end of the year. And Kyler Murray proceeded to immediately get injured. Yes. So um, I I at least incurred some goodwill there that I'm hoping to cash in at some point in the near future.
0: Yeah. and, And I mean, we could go for days on Fantasy Tony, but I actually beat him in the Denny's game, but he had a player in the Hamlin game. So I just gave him the win. So he also owes me, to be honest, but... We'll never, you know. Yeah. We'll never hugely. see. We'll never see the end of that though. I mean, like you said, you're not seeing the forty-seven dollars. I'm not seeing the the treatment back. Maybe I'll get like a little bit of a coin flip trade to strengthen the friendship, but a top guy and a great guy to play fantasy with. Yeah. Um this is really like baseball playoffs run this weekend. I don't know, Owen's like the biggest baseball fan, but I feel like he doesn't tune into the playoffs. Like he's just a Jays guy.
2: Yeah, no, I I haven't watched a a minute of playoffs. I watched a highlight back the other night, but I haven't watched a minute of live playoff baseball since the Jays have been eliminated. And I really, it's not really on my horizon, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I like this round. I like the CS. I'm not a big World Series guy, but I like these next two coming up because they're usually decent games. Like that Phillies Braves game one was good, so I'm looking forward to that. But the other thing is uh, hockey's back this week. I'm not sure if you saw that electrifying commercial. I think they played it on like the red river rivalry, like fourth quarter, they cut to this commercial and it's fully uniformed Bedard sitting next to fully uniformed Crosby and Crosby goes like literally I'll I'll mimic the voice perfectly. He's like, so are you excited to play your first game? And Bedard's like, yeah, it's going to be great, man. I've really been looking forward to it for a long time. And then end ad, that was it. Penguins, Blackhawks coming on. It was, uh, Two electric personalities in the same room, to say the least.
2: (laughs) Big Rig, a friend of the show, Big Rig, I was talking to him yesterday. He said he wants to come back on the show. He was giving me, um, apparently, you know, he was, I don't think he was super optimistic at the end of last year, but he was giving his case as to why he thinks the Flames are a dark horse playoff team this year. Mm. So,
0: Kaelin's a hockey guy, but I don't know what team he likes.
2: I wouldn't say I'm a huge hockey guy.
1: I'll pay attention to the Flames if they're making a run i go through phases like with all sports like there'll be a a fiscal quarter where i'm watching every ufc fight and then i just fall off completely uh the the only well that i really keep going back to is the pittsburgh steelers and uh yeah maybe i'll be more of a hockey guy pretty soon uh one thing that should be mentioned uh did did you guys see miami against georgia tech yes
0: that's gotta be the worst loss ever even the announcer as it's happening is like you take a knee the game's over I mean that's shocking stuff like and and it's one did, they, did, they had to go 75 yards like it wasn't like they were at, like the 20 like the, the fact that Georgia Tech even scored
2: who's the coach it's Cristobal yeah did he did he issue a statement or do we ever figure out why that happened
0: no I've, as far as I had seen no but I saw something that said he did this before at Oregon. Like they had a big lead or sorry, they were up by one score and he didn't knee and he ran. And the, they asked him about it after the game and he just said it was a preference in the situation as opposed to kneeing. But that's one of those ones. I don't know. Like when the quarterback gets that snap, he should be like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to sit down or the running back should think I'm going to get it and go down.
1: Like that is uh, that's an all timer. Yeah. That's shocking to me. And like, I feel like the, you know, taking a knee is a celebrated thing, especially in a home game. Uh, you should, you know, you're playing the whole game to try and get in victory formation. So it's like uh, very weird. Uh, to me, the only rationale is like, oh, we wanted to give uh, so-and-so a rep, or I have really no idea, but uh, to to run the ball when you could take a knee and end the game uh, and then give it up uh, and lose. Uh, horrible. I, I've never seen anything like that. It was, like, that's shocking to me. I guess in other college football news, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, oh. very good game. A worst yeah, highlight good. package on that one. Uh, I th- I'm starting to, like, get higher and higher on college football. Me I think too. it's, like, a, a pretty large barrier for entry, just given that there's so much going on. Uh, but y- you can pick out a, a matchup a week that, that is really worth watching. And when you get something like the, the Red River Showdown and it delivers like that, uh, you start to- understand why you know in a lot of states college football
2: is uh you know the nfl is almost a non factor i was going to say i watched that that game uh that oklahoma at the end of the oklahoma texas game just just an amazing drive at the end because it was like five or six passes 75 or 80 yards and it was just the most like frictionless like there was absolutely no resistance for the defense which was remarkable to watch so And that's a Texas defense.
0: That Texas defense has been good all year. I mean, this is the most college football I've watched, you know, out of uh, any year of my life. I've really been enjoying it. I don't know how much of it was because the first week I watched that Colorado game, and then I've just sort of followed into stumbled into following it the rest of the way. And uh, I'm with you. You see, I don't know the appeal. Like you just pick out a couple games a week that you keep your eye on, and it's really. uh, I mean, it can be really fun. You get a lot of good games out of it. So i'm with you it's uh, it's
1: great. and and texas has been good so to lose in such a big spot kind of makes you question you know is it a cultural issue do they mm. you know do they have a culture problem uh and who ultimately uh, should answer for that who you know who well i have an culture at texas i uh, guess is what i'm I,
0: asking he, i think there's somebody who should answer that whoever the minister of culture is the
1: moc yeah, we should look into that. that guy, I'm I'm calling for his job. I don't know who it is, so it's obviously unbiased, but the Minister of Culture has got to go, uh, and I think he should be uh, dishonorably discharged from the <laughs> University of Texas. I did see
0: unrelated news, obviously unrelated, but I did see McConaughey's video um, from the golf cart after the game where he – he tried to do his whole suave act, which really, I mean, you've kind of turned me into like a little bit of a sniffer out for the McConaughey content. Cause he was like, man, what a game, like all credit to OU. It's like, okay, dude, just, you know, they don't need a congratulatory totally. video on Instagram. Just let it go. You lost a football game, but Hey, unrelated news. Like I said, it's nothing to do with the MOC at Texas. It really is not. So yeah, <laughs> a good week um but yeah we should get rig on at some point to talk about the flames or whatever it may be whenever there's a downturn or or a uh non-alex appearance who calum's got one more in him i verbal meme i got one more in me this wednesday night for picks and then alex is back the okay. following sunday
1: sounds good well i've, I've loved my, my uh, uh i call it a residency uh on the show and uh i look forward to uh Finishing strong on Wednesday, let's deliver some good picks for the people. Well, we have established a,
0: a number one sub. I would say, like a like a true fifth man for this show. Um, anytime we need a we need a guy, we know who to call. Can we get a dating update? Maybe. Uh, no. Any
2: good dates? No, Maybe please? prepare no, some no content.
0: Update. Prepare some content for Thursday. Well, dating content. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> no, we can't. It's. uh been A tumultuous week in that regard, but, but all, the all the better, all the better, keeping our head above water. Come on,
2: all the tumultuous. Give us a taste. What, why has it been tumultuous? No, that's all. Thanks, like, but you don't have to go into details. But is it like uh, dates are falling through or or can't you getting canceled on or just like what you, you know, know what makes it tumultuous? I'll give you one take and I don't want to hear
1: another fucking question or else, but uh, <laughs> I talked yeah I was talking to some uh, I'm I'm big on you know bouncing my ideas off people, so I was talking to some uh, respected uh, compatriots and I think where I land is that my life uh, is is going so good right now that I don't see how you know, introducing any dating or any of that kind of uh, tumult um, could be a, a net benefit. So really, I'm just happy. I'm living life, I'm watching football on Sundays with the boys uh been back in the gym uh and then just been getting crushed by work in school so i got a full plate i'm happy uh yeah we're uh we're pumping the brakes hard on on Good. all uh romance related matters did okay. you hear back from the job interview what did i just tell you about questions
2: well i thought i was dating questions. this is a non-dating <laughs> okay. question
1: this is a did question. not hear back did not hear it back but i don't expect to hear back until like next year it's kind of a weird situation oh, wow. I, okay here's maybe a good segment and we'll have to chop this up obviously but uh a, an interview question that i got that i thought was very difficult what is something that you're very good at that you never want to do again
0: wow wow very tough question
1: seems like a riddle more than a question i don't like that but what do you got <laughs>
2: you feel you go first you go first
0: i don't i'm thinking i i'm struggling you and i are in the same boat i mean if this is an interview well, what did though, you say like that's what i'm saying if this is an interview I, dude you're you're frozen like what are you supposed to say i'd be like oh oh, oh.
1: i said interviews i was like oh, i guess job interviews <laughs> but, then, but then i said i said no let's circle back and that there's a uh kale piece of advice to the week and i do i'm undefeated in interviews i've never had an interview and not gotten the job offer credit to me uh, but I, my strategy there was i just asked hey can we circle back to that one can can we put that uh you know can we tuck that at the end I said yeah no problem so we moved on to uh, other questions and then by the time it came back to me uh, i had something uh, locked and loaded for him i think the right answer uh, in case you ever get it is dealing with stressful situations so you pick a stressful situation you're in you say that you dealt with it well but you would prefer to avoid that in the future
2: but when you circled back, in this case, you said interviews?
1: No, no. I gave him interviews oh. as a
2: joke off the rip. But then when we came back, that's what
1: I, I gave him, uh, you know, dealing with organizational change uh, and, you know, being moved to a new team. Uh, ultimately, though, I reestablished relationships very well uh, and reestablished my corporate brand. Uh, but Excellent. it's something I, I, I would not hear. want to go through again.
2: Wonderful. Corporate brand master. Corporate brand.
1: So that's what it's all about. So job interviews, if you ever need a a practice interview, it's really the least I could do. So you let me know. I can, uh, I can grill you. That's good to know. I
2: might take you up on that at some point.
0: I really might as well. I mean, Kilm's a great guy to have in any situation because he's just unapologetically himself and there's nothing, I'm not saying there's anything to apologize for, but you just have a really good self brand and you always project that very well.
1: Well, I'll, I'll say definitely there are some things to apologize for, but uh, <laughs> but no, interviews, I'm not good at, uh, you know, jobs, but I am good at job <laughs> interviews, so I'm happy to help there.
0: Another swish to finish it off, respect, so I love it. Maybe, you know, I'm not saying you have to, because it's, you know, the last appearance for a while on Wednesday, maybe you bring a list of grievances or dating grievances, maybe specifically. I would enjoy that personally
1: we could do an airing of grievances i'll give that some thought
0: okay you got
1: two i have a a, a, that's a holiday idea i have actually um you obviously the airing of grievances is uh related to festivists i don't know if you guys are seinfeld guys yep my holidays very similar to that uh in the i don't know all christians but at least catholics which is uh kind of where i grew up there's palm sunday this is qualm Sunday where you kind of air all your qualms uh, either with people in your life or just society at large. So, uh, you know, we could have a little qualm Sunday and I can, I can sound off on some things that have been getting under my skin. Sounds good. I love it. Let's pencil it
0: in. 10. Perfect. 10 safe travels back today on, I hope everything goes well on the QE and yeah, thank you. No problem. We'll be back Thursday morning. Kim's getting up already. Reebok Spartan I'm race. Going to the gym. Oh, okay, okay, good. <laughs> You're just taking off ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Enjoy the gym. Enjoy the week, everybody. Talk to you then.